for those that are in the fitness industry or fitness space and, and wanting to stay healthy and active, for me, uh, I have two thoughts. Number one, do a lot more strengthening-based exercises rather than stretching exercises. You'll find that the strengthening exercises if done appropriately will alleviate any of the tightness that you're trying to get rid of through stretching. That's number one. Number two um, is do a lot more single-leg work than double-leg work. For example, if you're doing a deadlift or a squat, right, two feet are on the ground and you're moving weight with your two feet, see if you can get into positions that are going to be a lot more single-leg-based or off kiltering in terms of your balance, like a stagger stance, like a lunge stance or a single leg work, um, it's going to be a lot more therapeutic for you in terms of your lower back than the double leg work. Welcome to Exploring Mind and Body with Drew Tadia. Drew is an expert in nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, and more. And he wants to help you live a healthier, longer, and more active life. Now here's your host, Drew Tadia. Welcome to another edition of Nationally Syndicated, Exploring Mind and Body. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of our True Form Life community. We're coming at you with a brand new show. We appreciate whether you're listening on terrestrial radio across the country or as a podcast around the world. We certainly wouldn't be here without you. So stick around. We got all that coming up. This is Exploring Mind and Body. Naturally improve your lifestyle one show at a time with your host, Drew Tadia. All right, welcome to another edition of Nationally Syndicated, Exploring Mind and Body. Dr. Newly Kim, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Glad to be on. It's our pleasure. Super excited to talk about this topic. I know a lot of people are dealing with movement restrictions, more particularly back pain in this case here. But Dr. Newley, tell me about yourself. Tell me about how you got into what you're doing. Yeah, I'm a doctorate of physical therapy. Um, I practice here in Southern California uh, in the greater uh, LA, Redondo Beach area. I've been practicing for the last eight years now. Um, have moved into private practice, small business ownership uh, for the last year and a half. Um, and ironically enough, we've been seeing a lot of lower back pain um, as a result of this season, um, particularly uh, just what's been going on with COVID and what people are trying to do and get back into in, in regards to health. Uh, I see the entire population as far as shoulder pain, neck pain, and just different musculoskeletal diagnoses. And uh, yeah, just really loving what I do and, and the context of what I'm doing. And um, that's me. What did you do before you got into this? Yeah, I was working for a nonprofit organization um, way back when, before even I got into physical therapy school. Um, and uh, long story short, ended up going, going back to school after uh, graduating from undergrad and then uh, pursuing a career in physical therapy. Um, I pursued a uh, career in physical therapy, got my doctorate degree, uh, went to a year-long sports and, and orthopedic fellowship postgraduate, uh, working with some of the top-notch um, our experts in our field for about a year doing research, uh, getting critiqued, getting um, mentored. And then I worked for a nonprofit or a managed care organization, uh, pretty big hospital groups in the area for about six, seven years. And then finally decided, man, it's it's time to transition and, and to, to start this thing up. So, 
So is there some kind of underlying issue? Did you have your own issues? Did you have anyone with family that you're like, oh, I got to do this. I got to start helping people. Yeah. So I, I play sports all my life. And I think that's a mantra of a lot of physical therapists, but played sports all my life. Um, ended up getting into a lot of injuries more than anything else. I, I, in conjunction with that, actually, I really enjoy working with people and just being with people and being relational. And so I ended up volunteering um, as an undergrad um, at a local physical therapy clinic, really just volunteering, making no money. And I loved it. Um, spending time with people, spending quality time with people, helping them not only from a physical standpoint, but even connecting from a relational standpoint. I thought, man, this is awesome. I get to spend time with a, a bunch of cool people and, and talk shop and talk about life and connect and build relationships while making it meaningful, while really trying to help people get out of pain and improve. And so that's initially what got me into it. Um, and all the more as I've pushed into it, um, I realized, man, there's such a uh, there's such joy and such reward in doing what I'm doing. So that's how I got into it. And um, so did you have any issues yourself? Like as an like as an athlete, you went through some pain, you went through some injuries, and that got, is that what kind of ignited everything? Um, to be honest with you, so on the front end, I did have injuries. Um, I did have injuries, and um, I, I kind of I feel old for saying this, but it was one of those like you have an injury, uh, put some put some neosporin on it, and then get back on the field. Throw some dirt on it. <laughs> yeah, man, just spit on it, throw some dirt on it. You know, get back up and get going. You That's know, right. and. And we didn't have therapy. We didn't have like team physical therapists or even a medical staff or a group of professionals around us to support us and to say, hey, this is the direction that you should be moving in. This is how you should be training. This is how you should be strengthening to counteract some of the injuries that you're having. Um, and so although I had injuries, I just never knew about this space. And even from when I was a youth, I mean, time and, and, and the physical therapy world has, and even in the fitness medical world has evolved and grown tremendously since my days of injury. So, so you've been in business, you kind of started your own thing about a year ago. Yeah. So I, um, I transitioned fully from the outpatient hospital setting, which is, um, a pretty big organization. And then I started practicing, um, on my own. Um, one of the main reasons was I wanted to spend more time, more quality time with my patients. Uh, one, just from a relational standpoint, but also two, from a therapeutic standpoint. You know, I was seeing patients for 15, 20 minutes at a time, once every three to four weeks. And now the small business really affords me time to spend an hour, uh, over an hour, check in privately uh, over the course of weeks with my patients, uh, which not only helps relationally, but also expedites the healing process. Any, any regrets going on, going off on your own? <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's a tricky time. It's uh, COVID season, and it's a tricky time. But I have zero regrets so far. Talk to me in like six months. <laughs> okay, I know what it's like. I, I remember like yesterday that those early years of grinding it out every day. So, um, yeah, good for you. You got to push through and make it happen. Congrats, certainly for sure. Thanks. Uh, I got to ask you real quick. Where are you from? Uh, greater, I'm a LA kid. Greater, oh, born, yes. Born. I know yeah. there's some of you around. Not very many, but every once yeah. in a while I find one of you. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a born and raised Southern California kid, Los Angeles. I've, I've moved around from the Valley down to the OC, all the way up to, the, to up here in the South Bay to, yeah, just all parts. So 
I'm an LA kid. <laughs> That's awesome. I do yeah. another show. I'm not sure if you're aware. It's called Transformations Through Running. And I interview runners. And a cool. lot of them are from the South Bay area. Or not, sorry. A lot of them live in the South Bay area. Almost none of them are from the South Bay area. <laughs> so, um, okay. Tell me about back pain. That's something I'm, I'm inter- interested in. I've dealt with some of that myself that I could oh. share with you. But I know a lot of people that I talk to and work with deal with lower back pain. Where does that stem from? Maybe we could start there. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, uh, that's a discussion point we can have for hours. But <laughs> um, lower back pain is a very common um, injury or pain point for people that they either have it currently, they've had it in the past, or they'll have it in the future. And so I, I want to say about 80-90% of the population typically tend to have it. Um, the way it stems is twofold. It could be one where people are like, man, I picked up a box the other day and felt a pop in my back and began having these back issues. Um, and sometimes people come in, most of the time, people come in and they say, look, I started having back pain. And when I ask them why, it's usually, I have no idea. I just, I just started having back pain. This came out of nowhere. And more commonly than not, the latter is more of an issue than the prior. Um, people usually don't aren't able to identify a mechanism or a source or a, uh, a point in time where they actually had onset of back pain. And so they go to the physician and they go to their primary care doctor and they're trying to figure it out, right? It's this huge mystery. And then they go to their primary care physician and they say, look, you have a disc herniation or you have a muscle spasm or you have sciatica or you have a facet issue or you broke a bone. So they'll get a diagnosis And then from there, it's really figuring out, man, I have this thing, I've had this injury, or I I haven't had this injury, but I'm having this lower back pain. Now, what am I supposed to do? And that's where my role comes in. And that's where um, the process with me typically starts. All right. So we know we got back pain. Either we know what it came from, it was acute, or it was a mystery. (laughs) Someone comes in and sees you. What's the next step? What do you got to do? Yeah, so we have to figure out what's going on in the back. Um, We have to do a full evaluation. The evaluation consists of answering two primary questions to start. Number one is, what's happening? What's causing the actual pain? Is it a muscle spasm? Is it a disc herniation? What is it in the back? And then more importantly, the money question is, why? Why is that happening? And more commonly than not, when there's a, hey, I picked up a box, and I had back pain, typically you want to take a look at that mechanism. And the movement there will drive a lot of, okay, as you bent down to pick your box, your core wasn't on tight, your back was in a bad position, your hips weren't flexed. Um, And so you want to really drive those or try to answer those two questions. And then from that point on, it's taking away the pain and create a plan and a program to get you out of that pain, not only for the short term, but then if you happen to pick up that box again, that you would be certain that, man, I'm not going to have back pain during this time. Okay. So one of the benefits of hosting a show like this is I can ask for personal advice. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> let's, see, let's see what you got. We're putting you on the spot. Let's do it. So I got, I got, um, I was diagnosed with a whiplash in my lower back. So I was going slow, pretty slow. And some guy came and like hit me basically from the side. And, um, that was quite a while ago. That was almost two years ago. 
and it's not, I'm not like, I'm, I'm an athlete. Like we were kind of, I feel like we were, uh, pain tolerance, pain tolerance is a bit different. So I've, I've pain pretty much every day, but yeah. it's not, I still work out every day. I, I run, I, I do what I regularly do. It's just there. And I would, I would appreciate it if it wasn't there. <laughs> I, I stretch, I, I do what I feel like I should be doing. And, but it doesn't really like nothing's really made a difference. I've right. been to like I've been to uh, some Cairo. I've been to some massage. So, um, what you got for me? Yeah. So here, here's before I get into all the specific. Or I'm not gonna. I don't want to get into all the specifics here. But um, you know, there's a phrase that's going around that's really popular, and um, it's this phrase that people are saying a lot: "Movement is medicine," right? Movement is medicine. And so you take a look at that phrase and you're like, well, I do move. I exercise, I stretch, I run. And, you, you know, you, there's a slew of things that you do. Um, but if you if you take medication from a medication standpoint, um, me, all, not all medication is going to be therapeutic for you or the solution for you. And so in the closet of medication, you have to make sure, all right, which out of the medications are really the ones for me, Right. And so same with movement. If, if movement is truly medication, which I thousand percent believe it is to be true, it's figuring out which movements and which movement patterns are actually the right ones for you. And so, yeah, many people come in and they'll say, dude, newly, I have, I, I have pain, but I do all these things. And so you're telling me to move, but I'm already doing all these things. And for me, it's, it's a lot of times figuring out what movements are going to be the ones that are actually therapeutic versus just movement for the sake of movement. And so for you, as I'm listening to you, um, it's probably, it's probably not what you are doing, but it's probably more of what you're not doing. And so even the chronicity of it, meaning like the length of the fact that you've had pain for two years, for me, that's a huge driver in, man, there's probably, it's probably not an injury issue more than it may be a mechanical issue that you're not addressing correctly in your exercise program. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's expand on that for those that have back pain. Maybe it's not specifically for me, but what, what do you do? So you have, you set a different program up for each individual to perform different movements that will ultimately help reduce pain. Yeah. So the plan is from the evaluation, we create a plan and the plan is, the plan is really, if you do it correctly, you will see change. And so I'm very upfront. I'm like, I had to tell them, I can't help you. You got to go see somebody else. Or here's the plan. I need you to stick to it. And what's been a reoccurring theme for me in here has been, there's a therapeutic aspect to when people come in with lower back pain, we go through the program in here together and then we assess the lower back pain before they leave. And on, what I'm finding is that the program, if it's set correctly, and it's all move, most of the time it's movement based. There's hands-on stuff as well. But once, if the program is done correctly and performed correctly under the right guidelines, like take it one time a day, take it, take three pills three times a day, that kind of thing. If it's taken correctly, they see a dramatic difference in their lower back pain from they from when they walked in prior to the appointment to when they walk out so when you're saying medication like you're not prescribing medication you're talking no, 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 about no. the yeah i'm talking about the the physical therapy conservative aspect of programming right 
Okay. So what kind of, what types of people do you see? Like, give us an example of someone that comes in and has the ability to see results. Maybe it takes a bit longer or maybe you have to change the program. However, that looks like for you. Yeah. The population that typically comes in here are people who are trying to stay active and stay healthy between the ages of, you know, I've seen anywhere from 25 to all the way up to 55 in age. And there are people who work a nine to five, who have families, um, who, who are busy in terms of their week and schedules, but they want to keep physically active. Um, it bodes some challenges as a result of that, because you see these weekend warriors or these people who are trying to keep up their health, um, oftentimes overdoing things or doing things incorrectly. And as a result, causing injury. And so they're saying, man, I want to keep up my health. I know it's really important. I know the physical aspect of my life is really important. It helps me from a stress level, from an emotional level. I got to figure th- this thing out in order to continue to do what I love to do. And so there, that, those are the types of folks that come in. Um, and uh, yeah, we see great results. Um, I, I, I don't want to toot my own horn, but... Uh, <laughs> but I'm amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm... But, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not just me. I'm just the coach, and I come alongside the patients and, and the people that are coming in and say, "Hey, look, I want to co- I want to walk alongside you, and here's how things are going to look." And I'm pr- I'm trying to promote as much independence as possible through that process, just so that they have the tools to continue to do what they're doing, so that when they do leave and do go back to life pain free, that they're like, "Man, Newly gave me the Doc Newly gave me the tools to really continue on in a very safe and healthy and effective manner." Yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's, that's good to know. And good to hear you got to tell people like, you can reduce pain, like pain, you don't, I think a lot of times, we feel like we have to live with pain. Like, that's just a regular, you know, day to day. And I don't think it has to be like that. And I don't feel like I should have to have pain all the time. Like I I haven't uh, like accepted that in my life. (laughs) But I think a lot of people have they're like, Oh, it's just pain. I'm in I'm in chronic pain, but you don't have to. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Yeah, I, man, I, uh, a lady who got into a motor vehicle accident, who's like, man, I can't sleep, I can't move, and she's typically, it's like I've seen fifty thousand providers, and here's what they're telling me, and so, oftentimes the recommendation from that end is completely counter to what's actually therapeutic or what's effective or what's pain relieving, and it's like rest, ice, don't do anything, versus. No, you gotta get your up, you gotta get your butt up and moving. Otherwise, this pain is never gonna go away. And so, yeah, you we we have to switch the narrative, man. It, it, the narrative has to be switched in that this is not pain that you should be having long stand. Like it shouldn't be a long standing issue. You can address it. You can be pain free, and in fact, your body can be more resilient than you were prior to your injury or onset of pain. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. So you could learn from that. You can learn from that experience and make yourself build back up stronger than before. I think those things happen for a reason, though. Like, I think we deal with these things in our life for a reason and quite possibly to, um, you know, improve or get stronger or better for the future. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, you know, it's, there's such a, there's such a psychological component. I think about any other aspect or any other difficult point in your life, right? You look back at it and you, reflect on it, it impacts you in a certain way. And then when you reflect back, you're like, man, I learned these lessons through it. I'm going to be a lot more resilient through that season if it happens again, you know? So tell me if you have any, of course, on a show like this, it's difficult to can't diagnose. Everyone's individual. We understand that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there any go-to 
exercises or movements or any suggestions you could give our audience that that are listening? Yeah, for those that are in the fitness industry or fitness space and, and wanting to stay healthy and active, for me, uh, I have two thoughts. Number one, more strengthening than stretching. Okay, so more strengthening than stretching. I think that's com the common misnomer or theme that I'm finding. Do a lot more strengthening-based exercises rather than stretching exercises. You'll find that the strengthening exercises are done appropriately will alleviate any of the tightness that you're trying to get rid of through stretching. That's number one. Number two um, is do a lot more single leg work than double leg work. For example, if you're doing a deadlift or a squat, right? Two feet are on the ground and you're moving weight with your two feet. See if you can get into positions that are going to be a lot more single leg based or off kiltering in terms of your balance, like a staggered stance, like a lunge stance or a single leg work. Um, it's going to be a lot more therapeutic for you in terms of your lower back than the double leg work. That's interesting. Okay, so let's take the first one. The first one, in most cases, I would I would guess that people. So, what are you saying that people would they stretch more than they would do any kind of resistance training? Hundred percent. So, I'm going to take the running community. I love the running community, by the way. Don't don't um, don't don't kill me. <laughs> But they never so. stretch. Don't worry. I got them on my show every time. I'm like, do you do any recovery? Nope. 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 <laughs> Come at me. Come at me. Let's talk. Right. <laughs> so here, here's here's my two cents of the running community. Right. Like um, a common theme that I see in the running community is like my hamstrings are tight. My hamstrings are tight. My hamstrings are tight. And this is what they stretch. Right. For those that do stretch, they'll stretch and stretch and stretch. And then they'll say, my hamstrings are tight. My hamstrings are tight. And then they'll stretch and stretch and stretch. And they'll say, my hamstrings are tight. My hamstrings are tight. If at some point that repetition continues, you have to look back at that process and say, I'm, I'm throwing stretching towards my tight hamstrings. How come it's not getting any better? And oftentimes you'll find that it's not, especially in that, in that community, the running community, it's more of the strengthening work that actually alleviates long-term the stretching or the tight feeling versus, versus actual stretching. So the underlying issue behind oftentimes, again, more often than not, probably like 90%, 80-90% is that it's not because it's tight, not because it's tight, but it's tight because it's weak. Yes, very interesting. Yeah, I love that. It's a good yeah. analogy with runners too because they just run like Few yeah. of them stretch, few of them do strength training. Strength training. We yeah. could do a whole show. We'll do a show on that one. We'll do an interview on that show. Oh, man. <laughs> I, got, I got a bunch of stuff there, too. So tell me about, so then what was the second? The second one was stagger instead of both together? Yeah, yeah. So um, th that one becomes a little bit more complex in terms of explanation. But um, I think uh, if you look at just functional life, um, things are often done one leg over the other, one leg over the other in terms of function. Um, in terms of what we typically fall into, we're uh, more double-legged. So for example, sitting, like where you and I are sitting down or I'm sitting down. And what ends up happening is that my legs are, my both of my feet are on the ground and, and, um, and, and yeah, you're sitting in a static position. Oftentimes to counter those positions, um, you have to go back to functional movement-based uh, patterns. So, for example, when you're walking, 60% um, of your gait cycle is on one leg. So what that means is that 
right step, left step, right step, left step, 60% of that cycle is you're literally on one single leg, right? Or if you're going up and down stairs or uh, if you're skipping, whatever it is that you're doing, it's typically a single leg. And so you want to train in that manner and create more stability in that manner. And it'll not only help with lower back pain, but it'll help with pains in general. That's awesome. That's It makes so much sense because it's funny, like in the fitness world where I started, you do squats, for example, or variations of squats with, you know, feet are parallel, knees are parallel, which is fine when you're strength training. But I don't know how functional that is because in day-to-day life, when are you exactly parallel to what you're doing? You know, if you're moving, you're not parallel, right? Well, not together at the same time anyways. Yeah. So that's interesting. So I, I slackline, uh, not as often as I'd like to, but I go out probably every couple of weeks. And it's, it's so much fun, but, but I find like my, so there's so many benefits because, you know, one foot's in front of the other. I have balance and stability. It's not just my foot, but my ankle and my knee and my hip. Like it's all, you know, do you know anything about that? I've seen it. I've seen it. And, you know, I'm a movement guy. I, I, I watch the human body move. And so, uh, yeah, from a stability standpoint, I mean, you're talking about ankle, foot, knee, hip lower back, all the way up to the shoulders, even getting your arms out to your side. Um, yeah, I think something like that would be great. You know, for me, I think a thought I had is, or a thought I have is anytime you're doing something physically challenging, you have to train for it. And so if you're slack lighting two, three hours a day, four to five times a week, if you're running, if you're squatting, if you're fencing, I'm going to think of some random stuff. If you're surfing, we're, in, we're next to the beach. If you're surfing, you have to train for that. Your body has to train for that. And oftentimes I think we use our physical activity and our uh, the things that we enjoy doing, kind of like those things, running, surfing, slacklining, and say, man, that's my physical fitness. And it is. But if you're doing it for a prolonged period, whether even sitting, you have to train to you have to train your body to do the things that you're enjoying and doing. Yeah, and that's functional movement. And I feel like you like you mentioned before, I'm a I'm a fan of functional movement, but I feel like we don't train, you know, like you don't train. <laughs> I mean, you do something completely different, but you don't train for what you want to train for or what you want to improve on. Right. So but maybe that's what you're talking about earlier when I'm doing a bunch of different things. My back really doesn't seem to be getting better. Maybe I'm not training to improve my back. I think. Yep, exactly. That's I mean, your spot on there. Uh, the connection point is spot on there. All right, Dr. Newley, we do have to start to wrap things up here. Is there anything that we missed that you wanted to cover? No, man, more than anything else, um, we'd love to, if, you know, if you're having back pain and reoccurring shoulder pain or any other pains in your body and, and uh, you've seen health professionals and you've seen other medical professionals and MRIs and x-rays and people have told you different things, I'd love for you to come and check us out. Uh, just even for an evaluation, I think it'd be really, um, yeah, I think you'd benefit greatly from just giving us a call. Um, and just even talking over the phone, I think, just to hear your story out and to see, to hear and also see what's going on, uh, we'd love to help you out. I know things are a bit different. I, I bounce between Canada and the U.S. Or do you guys go through benefits as well, or does it di- work different here? Yeah, so we're completely out of network with our insurance companies. Um, and so the reason why is it just affords a lot more bandwidth and time and personal time with our patients. And so we're not under the jurisdiction of insurance companies. And so we're out of network with all insurance companies. Um, uh, and so we, we function in that way. Okay. 
Yeah, thanks for clearing that up. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you have a website. I know you're on social media. Uh, share with us where people can reach out to you from. Yeah, our website is iAthletePhysio, P-H-Y-S-I-O.com. Um, our Instagram, our social handle is i.athletephysio. Uh, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. Uh, we have a uh, iAthlete community um, that we post uh, almost every single day to. Uh, we have a couple of videos on YouTube. Um, and so that's where you can find us and, and learn more about what we do and what we are. Fantastic. All right, Dr. Newley, thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah. Drew, let's talk again, man. It was awesome. 100%. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this edition of Exploring Mind and Body. Once again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of our True Form Life community. You can always find us on facebook.com slash trueformlife. We post up there a couple times a day on our story. We're always trying to bring you more content around living a healthy lifestyle, whether that be nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, and more. We also have free challenges that we do at least once a month. So if you follow us along there, you'll be able to join maybe a plank challenge or a squat challenge, Tabata challenge, whatever it may be we'd love to have you join us we're also on instagram.com slash drew tadia again we're posting up there a couple times a day along with our story all dedicated to keeping you fit and healthy and on track our main website is trueformlife.com if you want to check out some of our products some of our services or if you just want some great content from videos to blog posts and recipes and more we got all that at trueformlife.com once again thank you so much for being here that's it that's all i got i'm out of here as always i'm your host drew tadia in health and fitness for a better world thanks for listening you've been listening to exploring mind and body with true form life's drew tadia fitness expert to find out more about the show drew tadia or to listen to past shows visit exploringmindandbody.com